discovery she'd been feeling a few moments earlier. She began to walk more slowly, reminding herself that what she had just done would be best for her little daughter in the long run. Besides, perhaps she really would go back and claim the child one day. She turned to give the porch and the basket one last valedictory glance. I hope she'll be all right, she thought. I hope someone will love her the way I would have done had things been different. But now, relieved of her responsibility, she resumed her unhurried walk along the pavement. She could go to the nearest shelter. A bomb fell from one of the enemy aircraft above, and there was a tremendous explosion. Two houses disintegrated. Clouds of dust rose and a solitary cat streaked past the scene of destruction, fur on end, eyes wide with terror. The occupant of the basket began to wail, a sound so tiny that it sounded more like the mewing of a frightened kitten than a human voice. Presently, the dust settled. Workers came running, cordoning off the area, calling to one another. There was no movement, no answer to their shouts. No girl in a long, dark coat to cry for help or answer their calls. Chapter One It was the devil of a day. The rain was coming almost horizontally, driven by a fierce and chilly wind, and the tarmac was puddled with miniature lakes, so that the youth, the only thing moving on the road, was already soaked to the skin and just about as miserable as a human being can be. He'd set out that morning with such high hopes, too. True, he'd only been able to afford a single ticket on the bus he'd caught from Liverpool to Southport, but he had told himself that if he got the job he was after, he might be able to suggest an advance on the wages he would be earning. If not, he had hitchhiked before and could do so again. He had hoped that because the job was in Southport, his would-be employer would not question the address he had made up, for everyone knew that if you had no address, your chances of getting a job were small. He could have given the address of the YMCA, of course, but that could be checked, and he had not lived there for the best part of a month. But when he had given both his name and the fictional address to the young woman in the bar and been led through to a small office at the back, the man had taken one look at him and said that the post had been filled. He knew it wasn't true, because in that case the girl would have told him as soon as he'd mentioned he'd come for the job. But bitter experience had taught him that arguing would be useless. If they disliked you as soon as they set eyes on you, which the landlord of the Golden Bear had clearly done, then the best thing, in fact the only thing to do, was to leave with a conventional word of regret and a plea that you might be contacted should another vacancy occur. Even in his soaked and icy state, this made him smile, since for one thing he knew the man would never consider him for even the most menial of posts, and for another, as he had made up the address, any communication between himself and the landlord was an impossibility. When he had folded up his flock sleeping bag that morning and pushed it into its usual hiding place behind a stack of bricks in a nearby builder's yard, the weather had been chilly but dry. If he had known that it intended to pelt with rain as soon as he turned his face towards Liverpool once more, he might have hitched a ride to Southport and saved his bus fare for the return journey. 
but of course he did not have any such knowledge. His main thought was that it's the early bird who catches the worm, and he had put all his endeavours into cleaning himself up and getting to the bus stop in good time. And how useless it had been. He knew from his many attempts to find employment in Liverpool that most people thought him incapable of manual work, and those were the only jobs for which he applied. The superintendent of the home had reminded him that any sort of clerical work was out of the question because of his poor eyesight. He knew he was tall, skinny and pale, his face plain and his body weak-looking. How could it be anything else? The boy's home in which he'd been reared was not a good one. Unsupervised meals had meant that the majority of the food went to the strong. They got stronger, and boys like himself existed on what bigger and bolder boys allowed them, which was little enough.